0: You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast, and this is our very first Girl Next Door book club episode.
1: I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two next door neighbors who love a good chat and a good cocktail. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink and stay a while. In this very special episode, we'll be discussing the books Delancey by Molly Weisenberg and Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. And hey, fellow book club
0: members. That's all of you listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. So on every podcast episode, like you know, we make a cocktail to share. So this week we thought it would be fun to make one inspired by Wild. And then since reading DeLancey made us super hungry, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to talk about a couple of recipes that we've made from DeLancey.
1: Okay. So you were in charge of the cocktail. So what did you make for us inspired by Wild?
0: Okay. I made an Arnold Palmer, uh, half lemonade, half iced tea, and I had hoped to make it half with Snapple lemonade mm-hmm. since um, Cheryl is so obsessed with Snapple lemonade but it is nowhere to be found. Have they discontinued <laughs> Snapple lemonade? I think it might have mm. might have been. Um I've and you've looked too, so mm-hmm. between us we've definitely looked at three or four different stores. Um, there's uh iced tea and then they have like or They have like half and half Mm -hmm. already mixed, but I wanted to be in charge of the proportions. Yes, yes. Anyway, I compromised on peach, uh, Snapple peach iced tea. So you have the Snapple in there. Got the Snapple. Mm -hmm. I got it, Cheryl. (laughs) And then then just a different lemonade. Excellent. So um, yeah. All right. So cheers to book clubs.
1: I love that in the summertime.
0: Oh, that's really good. So tasty. I think actually the peach iced tea is the way to go.
1: I agree. Why have I never had that before?
0: I don't know. So we actually had these before. (laughs) but not with peach iced tea. (laughs) Last week. We tried with regular. (laughs) On the first time that we Uh recorded this episode, this Mm -hmm. is take two for
1: us. (laughs) If you follow us on Twitter, we um, had technical difficulties in the form of annoying static throughout the entire episode the first time we recorded. So this was supposed to be out... July 9th on uh-huh. Wednesday mm-hmm. and we'll come out this weekend now if you're listening to it it's already out clearly right. yep. but <laughs> so this is take two but we have yeah. lots to say about these two books yes. so it'll and be good it
0: actually ended up working out for several reasons at one of which I think this is a superior Arnold Palmer I agree so. I agree
1: <laughs> and we also tried out a couple more recipes because yes. we had more time so yes. I had originally made um the penne a la vodka sauce mm-hmm. with from Delancey Uh, Delancey the last time. And that is delicious. And vodka sauce is my favorite thing, my favorite kind of sauce. So good. Um, And so I really have been looking for a homemade recipe and it was really pretty easy Mm -hmm. and just very, very fresh. And I will not go back now because it was really tasty. So that was very good. Um, And actually, when we first started reading these books, you or when we first started reading Delancey, you had texted me like, okay, we need to have a Delancey dinner party because <laughs> yes. I am dying to try that penny." Mm-hmm. And it was
0: really good. It was awesome. You brought me over a serving. I mean, it would have been so cruel if you were like, it was amazing. <laughs> it
1: was so good. <laughs> You're going to have to go next door and dig in my fridge. Yeah, uh, so it was, I can attest as well. It was delicious. <laughs> Excellent. And then, so then tonight, I thought I would surprise you, but you surprised me instead. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the brownies <laughs> surprised us. Yes. So I, you were saying that you wanted to try my Kate's brownies. I was like, okay, take two. I will Uh just bring the brownies. I don't even know if she knows I'm bringing anything. Mm -hmm. And so I brought them over. They're cooling. I haven't even tried them yet, but you said that you had a a mishap, a brownie mishap. There was a brownie mishap. (laughs) And it was visually confirmed by me and it is a situation.
0: Um, Okay. So what happened I had been dying to try the brownies. And so I guess this past weekend, uh, I was just craving brownies. I'd been thinking about them. So um, I made them and they were amazing. Yeah. It was like, this is now my go to homemade brownie recipe. Um, I was just. It's happening. They were easy. It was so good. Then tonight, just before we recorded, Chris, the brownie craving struck him and he's like, I'm making brownies. (laughs) And so, um, he started making them, um, but we found we didn't have all the ingredients. We didn't have
1: eggs. You should have. You should have had me run some over, and then I could have told you I'm making the brownies. You don't even need to worry about it. I should have.
0: I didn't even think about that because, um, you know, we've like made vegan baked goods before and you can use a combination of flax meal. So like finely ground flax and water and it ends up kind of making a consistency that's similar to an egg. Like there's some, some vegan recipes that call for an egg replacement and that's what you use. So it was like, okay, no problem. You know, usually the taste is a little different, a little nuttier, but it was fine. So mix it all up. The batter looked good. Set it in the oven. I, checked it after about 20 minutes peeked in the <laughs> oven and just the whole surface of the brownies was bubbling <laughs> like boiling and i was like that can't be good <laughs> <laughs> it's not usually how that works so i was just like i don't remember doing that last time so i shut the oven i gave it another 5 minutes or so looked again there are just like huge pools of butter and then i started accusing chris of using too much butter and he insisted that he use the right amount and then we had kind of made them together so he was accusing me of not using enough flour. <laughs> i totally should have sent you a text that i was making the brownies because it could have saved you a lot of trouble but then we would have not had the ugliest brownies in oh yeah the world. so
1: now they're like chris like lifted the towel and it was like a you know like a medical scene like yeah. something it's like a shrunken pile of brown goo in the middle of yeah, the pan now it,
0: it was I mean it, it did fill the whole pan but then he <laughs> attempted to like sort of pour out the excess butter that it must <laughs> like because there wasn't an egg it must not have all like set or whatever so yeah the butter anyway but so but but the whole thing didn't set so they all started sliding out of the pan, so they're all on one side, and it's just it's so ugly.
1: <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So Maybe anyway, we'll be putting up a picture for um,
0: you. Yeah, but you brought over a beautiful version of the brownie. <laughs> so I don't want anyone to think like this is your go-to brownie recipe. Yeah, just, it looks I, really good. Vegans, I caution you: the flax meal replacement I don't think is the way to go. It does not work in brownies, and I
1: I, c- so. I could see that because brownies are very specific, and there's not that um, many ingredients. What's the word? consistency or yes. texture yes yeah and I think it gets because even if you use the regular amounts and you forget or the regular ingredients but you yeah it's off are just off a little bit, bit they're like a way yeah. weird texture or they won't cook all the way yeah, or, yeah. exactly oh boy so apparently each ingredient is
0: very critical yes
1: please follow the recipe <laughs> this is the perils of baking though you can't just kind of wing it that's that's part of the thing about baking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we will let you know how those, yes. those turn out. Well, you've already attested that they're very good. Yes, so exactly. we'll see if mine I are have, as good I as they look. I have full love.
0: confidence. I just like, I mean, our pan of brownies was so sad. So when you walked in with the you fresh pan, so like,
1: Chris and I were like, yes. And we're like, oh, no, mine aren't very pretty. The parchment paper messed I was up. You're like, no, you don't understand what we have going on in the kitchen. You don't know ugly brownies. So what other recipes are you dying to try from... Oh Clancy because I mean, there was the, so many good ones. I
0: know the penne and the brownies were like at the top of my list actually. So now that I've checked those off Ooh, I remember that there was a fried rice mm-hmm. that I kind of liked because it was kind of like a choose your own fried rice adventure. <laughs> yeah,
1: I agree. <laughs> so where She was giving you all the options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I
0: really like recipes like that where it's just kind of like, OK, just kind of use what you have in your fridge mm-hmm. or to your taste. And so, yeah, I think that might be up
1: next. Yeah. Mine is coconut rice pudding. So it's going to be a rice. Yes. Rice is happening from Delancey. I forgot up
0: about that. I, I love yeah, a good rice I'm pudding. I'm glad you reminded me mm-hmm. of that.
1: And that's a summary one too. Mm-hmm. I feel as though I should have made that tonight. Oh. No, then, the brownies. But then we'd have be. no brownies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So why don't we get started talking about Delancey? Okay. Oh, actually, I have a little note in
0: here that um, I had wanted to talk about kind of how we were going to grade the books. Oh, that's right. This is kind of what we do. This is based yes, off of share our, our system. Yeah, this is kind of based off of our, our much smaller book club with only like 10 or 11 people. Yes. Not all of you listeners. Exactly. And when we get together, um, we each go around one at a time and we give um, the book a letter grade, like, mm-hmm. like school. Mm-hmm. So somewhere from F to which is probably like, I couldn't even make it past the first chapter of this. Yeah. I hate I, and this even book. that was a waste of those 10 <laughs> exactly. minutes. Yeah. To an A plus, which is, you know, probably on your top five, top 10 best books mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, uh, kind of, so we can, uh, calibrate here. What makes a book an A plus for you? Cause people kind of have different mm-hmm. things that they look
1: for. I feel like, Number one is that I could recommend it to most people, and it would be very universal.
0: Okay, okay.
1: I feel like that to give it that A plus really right. has to be like that. So you're like, your friend at work. Yes, like this is anybody could enjoy this book, even go across gender lines, ages, right. that's how I feel. Okay. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is I need to think about it when I'm not reading it.
0: Okay. It's a good one.
1: And it needs to have some sort of lasting impact on the way I see the world. So, mm. okay. Like a book thief for me is an example of a, yeah, that's like game changer for me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've never looked at World War II that way. Mm-hmm. So right. that kind of thing. So those are my three okay. criteria, I think. Okay. How about you?
0: Um, I, I think I, I don't think any of those were specifically, but I agree with you on all of those. I think that you have to, yeah, carry it with you once you yes. finish it, that you can think of it. Uh, a year several years later and remember something Mm -hmm. about it um for me to get into the to to break into the a category it has to not just be an engaging good read that can that can be a b i could have really enjoyed the book and the story but it Mm -hmm. has to also have beautiful writing yeah like i i i I savor the sentences. Mm-hmm. I stop to reread something or I want to underline something right or just, you know, the way the author put the words together is just wow.
1: In and of itself, a exactly. thing of beauty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like that. Mm-hmm. So
0: it has to have that element. Um, it has to have that element for me. And another thing I kind of thought of is that um, those would probably be the books that I would reread.
1: Yeah. I, I, I rarely reread books. Mm-hmm. But it, I has, agree. it
0: has to have that quality.
1: I agree. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good criteria, I think. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so uh, the first book we wanted to talk about is Delancey. So this book is by, it's a memoir by Molly Weisenberg, who writes the food blog, Jet. This is her second book, and it's about her experience um, opening a pizza restaurant called Delancey in Seattle with her husband, husband Brandon and throughout the book she shares recipes that are related to parts of the story and it just kind of chronicles the the triumphs the difficulties and kind of everything that goes on behind the scenes of two people who have no previous experience opening a restaurant mm-hmm. opening a restaurant <laughs> absolutely um
1: so what did you think what letter grade and what did you think about Delancy? um I would give this one an a minus okay and the only reason the minus is in there is because I I do think you have to have a certain um, set of interests to really enjoy this mm-hmm. book as much as I did. So yeah. in terms of recommending it for everybody, I think if you're not really into food, yeah, obviously, because it's mm-hmm. a memoir with a collection of recipes. um, And then into like, you know, the artisan side of food, mm-hmm. I feel like, and mm-hmm. food as artisan as an art and as a hobby mm-hmm. and as a way of connecting people. Like if you don't feel strongly about those things, I don't think you'd necessarily enjoy it. Yeah. But she, Molly is very down to earth. I love her mm-hmm. writing. I love her storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I love books like this. And I just, I didn't even know this was a thing that people wrote like yeah. cookbooks and memoir right. in one. Like yeah. I thought it was I just didn't even know that was if... like a boring exactly. thing on the shelf, you know, but it's becoming more popular. I feel like lately, or maybe I'm just coming across some we, that I love yeah more food bloggers seems yeah. like maybe they're doing this mm-hmm.
0: or I'm not sure yeah Yeah, like
1: story of their life wrapped up in the recipes that they really feed people yeah. and they really use mm-hmm. and in their homes and restaurants and so I just really like that I have a little collection on my counter of books that I oh, buy yeah, in hardcover mm-hmm. I love like, that yeah because I just I'm like this is I don't know this is like what food in the kitchen and gathering is all about so I just have a few um that I don't want to have on Kindle. I want to have Mm -hmm. the hard copy. I want, you know, butter smudged on the pages. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And have it be kind of a decoration for the kitchen too. Mm -hmm. So, um, I love how this book, uh, uses really simple ingredients in the, in the recipes. And she's very, um, kind of passionate about that. Just rustic preparations and local fresh foods and Mm -hmm. just using what you have and I like that it's not pretentious at all
0: I feel like her recipes just give you a confidence like yeah you might see a recipe title like penne al vodka Mm -hmm. and it's like oh that's kind of intimidating exactly but then just her little introduction to the recipe is just you know oh this is can just be a weeknight meal or then I don't know you just start reading the ingredients Mm -hmm. it's like okay everything is familiar yeah I I can make that like there's
1: like a little pep talk at Mm -hmm. the beginning of every recipe that a lot of books like this have which I really like like This is okay. This is what the recipe says, but this is how I actually do it, and it's also fabulous like this. And I feel like that's how you learn to cook from a friend or your mom in the kitchen. Yeah, I was going to say it feels like she's in the kitchen with you. So I really (laughs) like that about it. Um, I just really love stories that revolve around food, anyways, because Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's something really important there, like Mm -hmm. the way we feed ourselves and the people that we love. Just says a lot, and so. And I think it's something we're kind of getting back to as a culture yeah. um, that not everything has to be instant or microwavable. Mm-hmm. And so I like that. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it just makes me feel cozy. And yeah. it, that's a value of mine. So I like yeah. reading about that. Um, I loved more than anything in this book, though, the story of her marriage oh, and yeah. how. Um, they're still married. Yeah, t- it's going good. Spoiler yes. alert: they're still married, <laughs> as far as I know. Um, but just that, like, she was so honest about how going through any big changes like this can just be so hard on a yeah. marriage. And even honestly, like, she she wasn't pulling any punches about herself and how she mm-hmm. you know if she acted like a brat, she would say she acted yes. like a brat, and I liked that. Yes. Um, I like that when she talks about opening the restaurant and makes a point about realizing she didn't want to be so involved Mm -hmm. like she wanted to be that girl who was all in and helped out with the recipes and oh this is a natural fit and how everybody thought that right you know because she was already a a food food writer writer. yeah she develops recipes but now I'm not writing at home or you know I'm not Mm -hmm. making food at home anymore and this is not like this is not my thing to work in the restaurant it took her a long time to get to that point Mm -hmm. and realize it and I just like that honesty um, about herself and about mm-hmm. how that affected her relationship. Um, I love the Pizzeria Bianco connection.
0: Oh, yeah. That was so she cool. talks about, that like, was so awesome. yeah, we have
1: a, we have a, like, Phoenix is not known for its food no or the food scene, but no. Pizzeria Bianco is in, um... Phoenix, Mm -hmm. and is one of the first, like, this this whole wood-fired pizza, artisan pizza kind of movement. Yeah, and 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 it's
0: gotten a national, it's reputation. Mm
1: -hmm. And Mm so she talks about almost a whole chapter about how they, how her husband and Matthew Amsterburton. Our good buddy. Shout out, shout (laughs) out to our podcast, Godfather. Um how they went on like a 24-hour trip to Phoenix and just sat at the counter at Pizzeria Bianco. And so it actually inspired a date night because I had never been there. And since we've moved to Phoenix, everybody was telling me, you have to go, you have to go. So I was in the middle of reading the book and I'm like, okay, we're going there. Perfect. And I drove Mr. Ladd crazy because I was like, (laughs) oh, and then Molly said this about this place (laughs) in the book and he's like, all right, stop it. So, but it was really fabulous and it was cool to see uh, that connection. it's It's a super cute
0: place and yeah, it was just, I mean, Phoenix never gets credit for I mean, no. like we said, for food. And so to see a Phoenix reference show up and that they came here to check it out. It's yeah. just so cool. It was like,
1: yeah, just just a cool little moment. Yeah, my moment. jaw almost dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the, I, more than I thought I would, I liked the behind the scenes glimpses of restaurant life. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. the kind of characters it attracts usually yeah. and just how hard the work is and how you even logistically she goes into a lot of detail but it's really interesting about how you logistically run a restaurant yeah like, and
0: feed i mean yeah, yeah like 40 people exactly. at a time multiple That's seatings
1: a night not an easy thing to do especially oh. if you're trying to do it with fresh the, and the care and, that they're yeah, doing yeah yeah so i just really like that like when she talks about the dough and getting the dough just right for the pizza and how they had to bring it to their basement of their apartment Uh when it got hot in the summer to rise overnight and all of this that goes into it and I'm like man that really is stressful like you hear about restaurants being stressful but so yeah I just love that I was I liked that she was very honest about how the behind the scenes part of following any dream is always harder than it looks Mm -hmm. like you always think oh this is so glamorous that's what she was saying like you know, this, we're a couple and we're in love and we're opening this restaurant with right. using both of our passions. And then uh-huh. it was like, no, not that easy. Right. <laughs> um, and I was cracking up at certain parts too, where she's talking about Jared, the guy, oh. the cook oh, who yeah. works in the kitchen. And he's this like <laughs> hot, inappropriate guy. And she's, she's, I don't know. She's doing something in the kitchen. He's like taking his shirt off and she's like just right in front of her. Stream it's try- of consciousness. trying to act cool, yeah. and not flustered. It was just funny. <laughs> um, Probably one of my favorites, too, is when she's talking about um, she's talking about crying at a restaurant in London after the restaurant had opened, De- Delancey had opened, and she's having this moment in London with some friends when she finally gets a break mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out what it was that made her cry and realizes mm-hmm. that when she reads this quote that she had cut out a long time ago at home and it said, you have to believe in life before you can accomplish anything. That is why dour, regular, houred rational-souled State Department diplomats have done nothing for mankind. Why live if not for excellence? And she realizes that that's what Brandon wants for Delancy. Mm-hmm. That's what she wants in her writing, and that she wants that for Delancy mm-hmm. too. But it's not her passion; it's right. Brandon's. And mm-hmm. so, and that that's okay. Yeah. And that this really is creating something beautiful and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a cool moment. I like yeah. that quote. Yeah. Um, and then she just talks about at the end too. How much this taught her about marriage and how she valued something she always valued in her parents' marriage was how independent they were, mm-hmm. and that they let each other um, you know pursue different things and be individual people even as they chose to be together. Mm-hmm. And she says at the end, um, that she doesn't know what's coming next, but I hope that we can always do this, that I can let him go, that he can let me go, and that wherever it takes us we find the way back. And I just thought that was a really yeah. cool, cool way to end the book, so. Yeah. I give it an A minus and okay. I liked it a lot. How about you?
0: Okay. I, I really loved it. Um, I loved Molly's first book, A Homemade Life. And so I just couldn't wait like, to get my hands, um, on this. Uh, I'm giving it, a a strong A. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I, I loved so many parts of it. I think, like you said, if you don't love food
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or I don't know I I think I think part of the reason why I love the book so much is because I had been following Molly's blog for a while Mm -hmm. and like following the opening of Delancey Mm -hmm. and so just it felt something I was so interested in so I'm not sure if other people maybe don't have that interest in food or you know um, didn't know her as a writer already if it would have such a special place for them, mm-hmm. but I still think there are a lot of people that would I still agree. really enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, I I just, I love Molly's writing. There's just this familiarity to it, mm-hmm. um, this like comfortingness about it where it just makes me feel like, I know her, or she's just sitting across from me at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. I just love that. It's Mm -hmm. just a book that you can curl up with, which is I I think how I read it, like curled up on my couch over the course of two days. I agree. Um, And I love how she has this way of being able to describe even inanimate things like food or appliances. I I think it was maybe in A Homemade Life where she had this description of a refrigerator that just made it seem so friendly, but not but not in a not cheesy overly, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. but not in an overly cheesy way. It's like like just just the right um balance, and mm-hmm. so I just I really like that, that her books to me feel like this friendly companion, especially since they're about food, which is something I love so much right um you know, I'm reading them, I'm feeling inspired to make the recipes, and I just love knowing the little kind of story mm-hmm. that goes along with them mm-hmm. um I guess one thing like my uh, my only complaint about the book if I could even call it that is it went by so fast. (laughs) It just felt, it felt too short. I think compared to a homemade life, which, um, was talking about a much longer period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that one kind of took me a little bit longer to get through. And so, um, this one was talking about a shorter period of time. I don't think she left out any details or things like that. Um, but I just, oh, I just wanted more. I wasn't ready for it to be over, but I, I think that as a complaint about a book that I wish it was longer sort of like saying you're you know in an interview of someone you answer um you know what's your weakness and you say oh I'm too much of a perfectionist yeah. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like a backhanded so, exactly a backhanded <laughs> complaint
1: not really a complaint. yeah so <laughs> so I think
0: that's okay mm-hmm. um I just um I love the memoir recipe format, like mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned. That's just something I kind of seek out now.
1: Yeah, I totally.
0: Love. I mean, I love reading cookbooks, front cover to cover, mm-hmm. like a novel. And this just to me, it's like more motivation to make the recipe oh, though when totally. you know the story behind it. Yeah, exactly. You have some little notes yeah. from the author saying, yeah. you know, try this or. Try and it's that. like
1: it's. I know it's still their words, but it's confirmation that it's a good recipe. Exactly. It's like, oh, I serve this Mm -hmm. for this event or whatever, and everybody loved it. They especially loved it this way, and it's like,
0: okay, I'm going to make that. Exactly, or just knowing like, oh, we usually make this every Christmas, Mm -hmm. or I love serving this at family Mm get-togethers, or I just really love that. Um, Like you said, I love the candidness about how hard it was to open the restaurant and how stressful it could be on their marriage. I was following Molly's blog um, during the time and knew that they were kind of opening this restaurant. And it did kind of seem from the outset, I mean, I don't think that she was, um, you know... putting on romanticizing
1: or yeah exactly
0: but i just assumed Mm -hmm. that yeah it was this passion of both of theirs Mm -hmm. and totally assumed that they were you know like this mythical couple Mm -hmm. like she kind of alluded to that would be you know on the cover of the new york times food section being all indie and like this is what we both love to do and um and i just I loved that so much. You know, I wasn't expecting that right. at all to, to be about that. And it mm-hmm. was like, oh, wow, like this was really stressful. And um, it wasn't originally her dream. But then to just see that evolution of, um, you know, watching her. I mean, I love that she was uh, so supportive
1: even when she really wasn't. Mm-hmm.
0: And I can when she really <laughs> just thought
1: he was gonna like give it up yeah in any minute and sure, so she's sure. like oh go yeah sure go, go for, for it, it.
0: <laughs> and I can definitely relate to that. Uh-huh. Um, Chris can kind of be someone who I mean I'm kind of more I think about something and I'm deliberate. I mean not right. like I have never abandoned projects, but right. I'm just kind of more like do one thing at a time and. And um, see that to the end and then move on to the next. And And Chris can kind of be more like, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this yeah. and I'm going to do this. And it kind of gives me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> but I have kind of learned to just like kind of go with it. Like and that's see what just happens. kind of how mm-hmm. he is. But I do think, you know, if he was starting to go down the path of, no, I, I really am going to be a musician full mm-hmm. time. I'd be like, sure, sweetie, like yeah I know you're passionate about. It. And then I'd be like, uh what what about like yeah. <laughs> paying the bills? Exactly. And all of that. So yeah, it was just it was it was so interesting and relatable to see her be that way. And then when it's really happening, she's like, mm-hmm. no wait, like mm-hmm. I need to now I need to be really truthful about this. Right. And um but then in the end, like you mentioned in that quote um realizing that you don't always have to have the same passions you don't have to both be as passionate about something to still be doing it together or mm-hmm. to
1: appreciate that
0: passion I agree yeah I mean, or even
1: encourage that yes. in a in a, in an authentic way in mm-hmm. the other person yeah like mm-hmm. you
0: don't have to be um uh, like just completely the same about everything yeah it's okay like all, you don't have to people. both be all in It's yeah. okay yeah and i think that we can hear that a lot that you have to both be individuals but then i mean when you're really faced with what that means and mm-hmm. like just coming to terms with that like we're still together we still love each other um but we can be yeah and how hard that is to too. work
1: toward common goals yeah, right. With different interests and different passions. Yeah. Like, okay, how does that look? How uh-huh. does that actually work? Like, right. I like that she was real honest about that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So another just really cool thing about reading this book was that Chris and I have eaten at Delancey. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm so jealous. I mean, I
1: wanted to instantly <laughs> book a flight to I Seattle know, when I was reading I was it.
0: already thinking about like, ooh, can can we get there in the next year? Um, It just made me want to go back. Um, It was... It was, one, it was one of a handful of memorable restaurant experiences that I've had in my life. That's it was, so cool. you know, she talked about wanting it to feel like a dinner party among mm-hmm. friends. And that is the memory that I have of it. Even, that's awesome. I mean, I already had that memory before even reading that that's what they, you know, set out to do. I just remember even just seeing it for the first time, just, um, I don't know, just seeing the restaurant, seeing the font of the, you know, the sign on the door. Mm-hmm. It I just had this um I just had this feeling like I know we are going to have a great meal mm-hmm. and a great time. Mm-hmm. And and we totally did. That's cool. <laughs> um and so it was it was just really neat kind of knowing all that went on behind it. And mm-hmm. I realized too, I, I guess I didn't realize at the time, uh, that we were there but the restaurant had only been open for about a year okay so it's kind of cool to go there kind of like in somewhat the early days yeah like
1: probably around the time period she talks about in the last half of the yeah. book at least yeah mm-hmm.
0: exactly um and it was while chris and i were on our honeymoon we went to seattle and vancouver so anyway that was just that was just so neat um i had also uh i'd underlined a quote that was from when um, Molly talked about eating at that restaurant in London when she ended up crying, mm-hmm. that was just um, uh, just a really lovely description, and kind of when everything becomes clear she 's able to take this break and step back and see everything. But I underlined a quote um, because I feel like it just really illustrates the way that she 's able to describe food Mm -hmm. in just a way that I love so here's the quote it's about the meal that she's eating the flavor was quiet at first the way a train is when you just begin to see it down the track but if you choose in the bright green minerally taste of the nettle came on and it hung there for a while ricocheting around my mouth the way the flavor of an oyster does even after I swallowed it was still there ringing and that just caught my eye because I would never, I would never think to describe a flavor, um, as rel- as a train uh-huh. coming down the track, mm-hmm. but it just works. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. It's just every, um, it just seems like so many times I'll just think, wow, I never would have thought to describe it that way, but it's perfect. Yeah. You know, Cause it just, you,
1: you can relate once yeah. they've,
0: it just seems very, mm-hmm. it just seems very natural. Um, So, let's see. So I think um, I think that's about everything I had. So yeah, just solid A. I actually already lent my copy to my mom, and I told her she needs to make the brownies, (laughs) not the vegan version, obviously. (laughs) Music, yes. (laughs) Oh, that's funny.
1: Um, and so, um, so we had um, opened up our Twitter. And we just asked for readers to say, like, hey, are yeah. you reading, too? Uh, what did you think of it? And we did get a couple responses, and we'd love to have you continue to chime in if you have some oh, thoughts yeah. or after you listen. Yeah, we something. hope you'll tweet us or comment mm-hmm. on our um, blog. Um, So one listener, Catherine, said on Twitter, and this is how I feel about the whole book, too, that she thinks Delancey is a really a beautiful love story. It's not always easy to encourage your spouse in their wild dreams. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. really is – it's. A love story, in, in that way, it is much more universal than just yeah. a collection of recipes. Mm-hmm. So we also had another benefit of oh yes having to re-record. This is our this is so cool. So we
0: um we reached out to um both authors, to Molly and to Cheryl. We just sent an email to Molly and said, we are planning to talk about your book on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have time, we would love to ask you a few questions. Um, And, I mean, I was just floored i mean i guess it's just yes. feeling a little shy because i'm such a big fan of her writing yeah. but of course she is just a regular person with an email account right and right. she is very nice
1: so she did write us back right but and then we proceeded <laughs> to send a send back and forth to each other a lot of exclamation points <laughs> in email so we did not yes. at all play it cool no we didn't <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but anyway so we wanted to share um, yeah. the questions we asked and what molly had to say
1: okay so the first question Um, that Kelsey asked was, were you nervous to share how stressful opening Delancey was and to be candid about disagreements that you and Brandon had? I appreciated this so much and wondered if you knew it was a story you wanted to tell or if you had to convince yourself. Great question, Kelsey. So Molly's answer was, I was definitely nervous. Yes, I was nervous about what Brandon would think of the way I saw and told our story. And I was also nervous about how that story would be received by readers, but I wanted to do it anyway. Here's the thing. I've always known that if anyone would come out looking like the villain in the story, it would be me. And if anyone would be the hero, it's Brandon. And that's 100% okay with me because it was how it was. <laughs> and she says, does that make sense? <laughs> totally. Totally, Molly. Yes. Um, I was never nervous about making myself look bad because it was the truth and good writing is honest writing. That's what matters to me. Also, I felt compelled to write down this story because writing is how I figure things out, how I get some perspective on my life. The difficulty we faced in opening Delancey was something that I was still very much trying to understand and writing about it was daunting, but I'm glad I did it. I also believe that we, and I mean this in the broad cultural sense, need to talk more about the difficulties of marriage. Everyone has to work at it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I love that. Totally agree Mm -hmm. with all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Um, So the second question was, both of us are writers and have our favorite routines. Uh, Kelsey prefers silence and coffee, mm-hmm. while Erica likes banjo music and scented candles. <laughs> as we know. As you know. <laughs> uh, what is your ideal writing environment? Do you have favorite writing music or accessories? And Molly's answer is I'm with you, Kelsey. I like silence. Silence or maybe some ambient noise in the form of trees rustling outside and a big glass of water. I mostly write at home at my desk, which faces a window over our deck. I like this. This is a little interesting tidbit that mm-hmm. she shares next. But when I was writing Delancey, I struggled so much with getting started each day that I wound up renting a room from a friend and setting up an office for myself there. Just a desk, my printer, and a bulletin board. I wrote almost the entire book there, and not long after it was done, I moved my desk back home and gave up the lease. I just love that. she. Oh, yeah. ha- I mean, it's the same thing you think mm-hmm. like. Oh, you get a little more established and you're into your routine. And the words just flow. It's so easy. I had to rent a room and force myself to sit there and stare at a blank wall. I exactly. So I love that. So she had a couple more questions too. Okay.
0: Um, next question, um, I said, which I kind of mentioned before, but something that I love so much about your writing is its familiarity, if that makes sense. It feels immediately personal in a comforting way, as if I were sitting at your kitchen table. Is this something you've admired in other writers and strive for, or is this just how the words flow for you? And she said, it's a quality that I like in writing generally, but that's not why I do it. In fact, I think it's probably the other way around. This is how my voice comes out, and maybe, because of that, I'm drawn to voices with a similar tone. Anyway, it's important to me that my writing sound natural the way everyday speech does, and I think the strongest writing is often the simplest and most concrete. And I... think that's completely how our writing is so Mm -hmm. i loved hearing that explanation um and lastly uh we asked have you read any good books lately for adults or small people and i mentioned that i have a son who's almost um, 15 months old and of course she has the most adorable daughter, yeah, June. The cutest. <laughs> oh my goodness. She looks like a cartoon character. I know. She's, <laughs> She's so cute. so adorable. So um, Molly said, um, and we'll include um, a list of the books that she recommends mm-hmm. in our show notes. So you can um, check them out. She said, I've just started reading... Zeitun by Dave Eggers, which is a great story so far. I tend to read a lot of nonfiction, often in The New Yorker, but I've been trying to get back to novels too. My favorite book of all time, I think, is The Mysteries of Pittsburgh by Michael Chabon. As for kids' books, June and I love The Deaf Musicians by Pete Seeger, Zin, 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 A Violin, <laughs> which is maybe related to That's Brandon's cute. interests, Yeah. <laughs> the Tiger Who Came to Tea, and Bear's Toothache. They all have great illustrations, too. I was just telling Chris I wanted to get a few more books for um, Dash, so I think those are going to be yeah. on our list. I love that
1: there's – I've never heard of any of those books, so no, yeah. I love getting recommendations that mm-hmm. you know aren't just what everybody's recommending yeah exactly so So, thank you so much molly yes
0: that was just oh my
1: gosh such such a treat and um we're so excited to get to share that with everyone yeah okay so the second book on our book club agenda for tonight was Mm -hmm. wild by cheryl strayed um and she had literally changed her name to strayed uh after her divorce because this book is about um at 26 years old her marriage had fallen apart previously and her mother had died and she just felt very lost um and had actually changed her name to that because she had hyphenated name and didn't feel like it was a good Mm -hmm. good to go back to the first one because her family had kind of disintegrated at that point too and so she just needed something new ironically she chose strayed and then she takes on um an 1100 mile solo hike on the pacific crest trail From the Mojave Desert in California through Oregon to Washington State with zero hiking experience. Oh, my gosh. And they're (laughs) actually making this into a movie starring Reese Witherspoon as Cheryl that comes out in December. So I'm excited about that. Oh Yeah, we'll have to go on a movie date. Totally. So what did you think of this one?
0: Okay. I loved this book.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm going to give it, I I mean, I think I'm giving it an A+. It
1: was great.
0: I think, I don't know, I don't have my list of top 10, but I, it's just, I don't know, it's up there. I sort of feel like just her struggles and, you know, ending up triumphing, I mean, not just, uh, you know, physically, but just this emotional journey that she goes through. I just, I feel like I will carry that, I mean, character, Mm -hmm. but she's a real person Mm -hmm. with me. Sometimes. I don't know, just when I've had difficulties or struggles, I will sometimes think about literary characters. And I mean, she's
1: actually a real person right. um, to think about. Which made the story even more compelling. Yeah. Like yeah. Wow, she really did this.
0: But uh, just from the first page of the book, it sucked me in. It read like a novel. Totally. Um, and it was just my, I mean, that's my favorite kind of book to read where I just cannot wait to get back to it. Like I'm looking forward to my lunch break at work. Like I Mm -hmm. busted out and I'm probably reading, you know, making my lunch break a bit long that day. Right. (laughs) Just (laughs) to the end of this chapter. Or, Or yeah, just, um, just reading it every minute I can get. Um, and I think that I would really recommend it to just most people because it's a great story. I mean, it's kind of an adventure story, but, Mm -hmm. um, even though you might not be able to, I just feel like she's, um, really able to put you in her shoes, even if you haven't gone through the struggles that she has, there's just this immediacy in her writing. Um, I don't know. It just seems like some, some people, um, if they have experiences, I, you know, I might find it hard to relate to, but she's able mm-hmm. to write about it in a way that I can just tell what she's going through and right. I feel for her, feel that empathy. So um, I just think that the, you know, the story of someone being so lost and then going on this journey and ending up, um, you know, being in such a better place. I mean, you're just cheering for her Mm -hmm. the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I just love that it has a great ending and it just, it feels so triumphant in so many ways. And it's just, you know, just, it's making you feel so good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just like, yes, go Cheryl. Mm -hmm. Um, I noted so many parts, um, of this book where I love the writing and I reread this book, um, for the second time ahead of this book club to kind of refresh my memory and i was just i have like so many notes inside this book like you can see but um, even just the first the first sentence i actually noticed the second time when i was reading it and i think it might have been because i had the context of the book but the first sentence of the book starts the trees were tall but i was taller and i love that oh i love it i just uh, that just almost sums up the whole experience Mm in the whole book she's saying life sucked Mm -hmm. life was really hard but I am tougher than that Mm -hmm. I could get through it and even the natural world Mm -hmm. is going to throw really hard stuff at me that I can't control I am going to triumph right and I just, I loved that. I would love to, um, we didn't get a chance to hear back from Cheryl. I'm sure she's a very busy lady. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I would, I would just love to know how that sentence came to her. You mm-hmm. know, if that just came to her or if that was something she worked at for a long time. Right, right? I just, right. I thought that was just perfect. Um, I also really love, and I, I noted this, something else that I have to read, the way that she brought her mother's Love to life. It was just tangible. You could feel the depth of her mother's love. And so then you were able to feel the depth of the tragedy of losing her. So this is what I had noted. Um, It starts with her mother talking. Do I love you this much, she'd ask again, and on and on and on, each time moving her hands farther apart, but she would never get there, no matter how wide she stretched her arms. The amount that she loved us was beyond her reach. It could not be quantified or contained. It was the 10,000 named things in the universe, and then 10,000 more. Her love was full-throated and all-encompassing and unadorned. Every day she blew through her entire reserve. And I just... Oh, I just love that. Mm -hmm. I, I want my children to know that I love them that much. Right. And to be that, you know, have, have it be that, um, just tangible to Mm -hmm. them. So Mm -hmm. I, I loved that. Um, there was another, um, just a sentence that I really liked, um, right before she embarks on her, or maybe it's right about the time that she's making the decision to hike the trail. Um, I guess right before she finds out that she's pregnant. Yeah. And she um, explains like it's kind of a, a foregone conclusion that she knew she would get an abortion. Mm-hmm. She was just, I mean, it wasn't because she was going on a hike. It was just she was not in a place mm-hmm. where she felt that she could just be a mother or even fathom being mm-hmm. a mother. Um, and i it just really struck me the way that she described um that. This is what she said. I got an abortion and learned how to make dehydrated tuna flakes and turkey jerky and took a refresher course on basic first aid and practiced using my water purifier in the kitchen sink. And that just really struck me because I think usually in a book, something, a a pregnancy, you know, an abortion would just be this major thing, and I'm not saying it wasn't a major thing for, right. but it would probably um, be a paragraph, I mean, a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and I just really liked it because it felt that um, it's part of her story, she wanted, she wanted to be honest about mm-hmm. it that it happened, but it wasn't something that she felt she wanted to dwell on, either, right. um, you know, just in this story, or just kind of because that is where she was in life right, right. then. Right, right
1: and it didn't need to define her. Exactly. Totally. You know, yeah. like her whole story mm-hmm. didn't need to and be that. And
0: I just I just really liked it. I thought it was um just a kind of a, a a beautiful way to present it because I felt like by the time I got to the end of that sentence, I was just I'd kind of forgotten that she mentioned it. I mm-hmm. was she was getting ready for her hike mm-hmm. and like then we were just moving on with the story. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I just, I just thought that that was really interesting. That I think kind of there's... Um,
1: stayed with me. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah. I think there's something uh, beautiful about the juxtaposition in that sentence, too. That I did this huge thing, mm-hmm. and now I'm doing all these little things, these and little life things. goes on, and life is yeah. made up of huge things next to mm-hmm. seemingly trivial things, yeah. and, and how do you... Mm-hmm you always have to do both. Right. It's, it's never yeah. one or the other. Right. You know, so I yeah. think there's something kind of beautiful in that mm-hmm. positioning.
0: Yeah, you're right. And, and she, there was so much of that happening because, you know, even like she talked about her mother dying, but then, I mean, in a lot of ways she wasn't able to get on with normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of stopped in a way, but I mean, there just were like just barely putting one foot in front mm-hmm. of another. So yeah. Um, I was really amazed at how much this book made me want to go hiking and camping even though she was describing it as like the most <laughs> terrible thing ever. <laughs> I, Why is that? Did did this book make other people want to go camping? It it did. She's talking me. about her blisters yes. and the bears and it's so hot and I'm like, "Oh yeah, let's go hiking." <laughs> 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 but I guess that's just the yeah. power of her writing. And it's like the
1: badassery of it. Like I, I could do so. that. Yeah, I could, I could do that. And she does have some really beautiful descriptions of nature and everything too. So,
0: and I think it's just you know you're getting to read it. it I definitely had the this was a book too. I had the experience where just like. Oh man, I'm glad I'm not out there. I'm in my yes. I'm in my nice yes. comfortable bed with exactly. my air conditioning. Got the water from the tap right over there. <laughs> exactly, you know. So maybe it's kind of that too. It's you're like a getting, grateful,
1: a thankfulness <laughs> check. Yeah. yeah, you're
0: getting to experience it in mm-hmm. kind of in that way. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what did you think about this book? I would give this one a solid A. Okay. I loved it as well, and okay. I do think that um, actually the first time I came across this book. Uh, my brother's friend was reading it oh, they were okay. here for the band mm. and he was reading it and I was like oh tell me about that mm-hmm. book and that's what so made me guy, want to read so it yeah so a guy was reading it so mm-hmm. I was like okay that's there's just not I don't feel like there's a lot of books like that that are modern like the classics yes a lot of people right. read them but it's hard to come across a popular book that mm-hmm. males and females yes. would like yeah and I, I like that I like that a lot about this mm-hmm. book um I think she is such a great writer uh really just actually surprisingly had me on the edge of my seat yeah like you don't expect to be on on the edge of your seat you know in a memoir about one hike right I mean it's it's a grueling hike but you just (laughs) don't expect that like I loved actually in that way it reminded me of Castaway like I thought that her the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks that I remember watching that movie and thinking that it spoke so much to the writing and his acting that Mm -hmm. I would be ever holding my breath or on the edge of my seat when it's one guy on an island. Just watching
0: him. Yeah.
1: But that, that really said a lot. And that's how I felt about the book. It was just this intensely personal struggle. And she did such a great job of portraying that, that I cared Mm -hmm. what was happening around every bend of the trail. And I loved that about it. Um, I loved her use of metaphor. Like I am. I think the whole book is one big metaphor and then there is all yeah. this little metaphor in there, like the trees and the, you know, even just the, mm-hmm. the sentence about the abortion, like it's yeah. just like this huge metaphor mm-hmm. for life. Right. And it's, it's the arc of that is so brilliant in mm-hmm. this book, I think. Um, and then just her storytelling ability within that too. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I really li- my favorite, one of my favorite sections was also towards the beginning of the book And she says, "Um, I looked north in its direction, the very thought of that bridge, a beacon to me. I looked south to where I'd been, to the wild land that had schooled and scorched me and considered my options. There was only one, I knew. There was always only one, to keep walking. And again, that's just, it's really what the whole book is about and life is about. Mm -hmm. And that whole idea of putting one foot in front of the other and I was um finishing my manuscript as I read this uh, book and yeah. it was just so inspiring to me that way because I highlighted tons of sentences that mm-hmm. were just that same you know it's hard but I'm sentiment just yeah going. that you just you don't you do have an option but like it's right. not really a good one the other right. direction exactly. so you might as well keep going mm-hmm. and how much you learn about yourself on the way and that was just a cool it was a cool time for me to be reading this book yeah um so something that uh I really liked too was the metaphor of monster. Oh yeah. Her pack. Her pack. Mm -hmm. So she had this huge um, backpacking pack that she had no idea how to pack. So she put everything she could possibly Mm -hmm. think that she might need in there. And, you know, along the way realized that it was way too heavy and it was cutting into her and making it more difficult and all these things she carried. And I just love that metaphor too, Mm -hmm. that as she went, she had to let go of certain things and realize that that wasn't important. And she'd meet other, more experienced hikers on the way. And they'd be like, Oh my gosh, you don't need that. And yes. get rid of that. It's too heavy. And yeah. it just, it was really interesting to me too, how, when you're in a low place, I feel like you hang on to stuff mm. and people and like experiences so much tighter when what you may mm-hmm. really need to do is let go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't feel like you can cause she was so panicky. Like, no, what if I need right. that? You know? And right. I, I just thought that was a really cool yeah. metaphor throughout the book too. Yeah. Um, and then the whole idea of fear. And I really, this is that whole like badass aspect of the book that I loved. Cause she said, this is actually from Oprah's book club discussion, cause okay. this was an Oprah club uh, book. Oh, yeah. Okay. She says, the quote in the book is fear to a great extent is born of a story we tell ourselves. Mm. Um, And Cheryl writes that on the first day of the trail and she's speaking about her fear of rattlesnakes and mountain lions and (laughs) creepy guys in the woods and stuff like that. And then to defeat that fear, she tells herself a new story. And the story is that she's brave and safe and she's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think about this idea, Mm -hmm. which she even herself calls it mind control? Like, Do you relate to that? Um, What are some some of your ways maybe of overcoming that fear?
0: Yeah, I... I relate to that. I think that it is so true. And, um, yeah, it was just something very interesting to read. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I guess one thing that, um, I think I will kind of have that narrative that I tell myself, um, something sometimes that I do, if I'm going through something difficult, um, sometimes, I mean, this will be a much smaller thing, Mm -hmm. but something really stressful at work. Mm -hmm. Like just, I have so many projects. I have so many deadlines. Um, I kind of, I guess I, I kind of look back on other times and I just say, okay, you've never missed a deadline before. Right. So you're going to do it. Yeah. And then it uh, just kind of calms me down a little bit and it's just like, okay, I'm not exactly sure how it's all going to happen, mm-hmm. but it is. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep working right? get to work. right? And then it always works but out. That
1: mantra of telling yourself something is so powerful, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. I really liked this specifically um, with fear and how... I think as women, especially, we're told to be scared of things when mm-hmm. we're little. We're taught to think of ourselves as prey in a parking lot. Right, and, right. And I think not there's... Like
0: not in an overt way, but all these yeah. messages that then that's what yeah. you end and up Yeah, and we're not away. often
1: given the message or being, or praised, especially as young girls, for being brave yeah. and being strong. Yeah. Like that's not it's what... definitely more of a more boy trait. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that... We're not used to internalizing that message and just yeah. telling ourselves. Like I think of my husband when we're walking at night, and he's literally not scared, right? And I <laughs> literally am. And what's what's mm-hmm. the difference? I've never had a bad experience. Yeah, it's yeah. just that I'm trained right. and telling myself right. this could happen. Someone could jump out here. No, you're right. And he's telling himself, "No, I'm I I'm brave. I got this. <laughs> I can handle it." Yeah, even though he may actually right. be scared right. once in a while, you uh-huh. know. But I don't ever notice that. Yeah. So I just think that 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 was a really good point that she made mm-hmm. is that you can talk yourself into a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So what, Um. so she can only, she, this is before Kindle, oh, which right. drives me crazy <laughs> because she has these couple of books that are, dear to her and mm-hmm. she brings them on the trail so she has something to do and then sh- and something to kind of comfort her and then she rips out a few pages at a time and puts right. them in in the fire to lighten mm-hmm. her load as she's read them mm-hmm. so if you could only bring one book with you Ugh. as you were hiking the pacific crest trail what oh. would it be
0: that is- it is so tough. I've been thinking about this and trying to come up with a really
1: like a doozy. Good one. I know
0: because <laughs> it seems like she had like she had these books that just had such a special place in her heart. Um, I feel like I'm not exactly sure. I feel like maybe I would want a book that had just a really strong, badass character. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'd want to bring Wild along with right. me and be like, okay. <laughs>
1: You are my hero. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Um, Maybe that. The other one that I thought about, um, The Glass Castle. Mm -hmm. Just beautiful writing, a story of triumph, even under um, really difficult circumstances. I think that's one that we both love. So The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. That's actually also a memoir. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would highly recommend that to anyone who hasn't read it. Um, But then, too, I almost feel like maybe I would want a book of... um, somehow like poetry or just beautiful writing that I could escape from or that I would draw strength from. Yeah. And I don't have, uh, you know, an example of what that would be, but if someone does have one, let me know. I feel like I need that in my life. (laughs) Yeah. I just need that in my life in
1: general and I won't throw it in the fire. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like, the whole time she was describing this thick book that she had, I just kept thinking of Harry Potter. Like, oh, that's I would just one. want Harry Potter because it's one. just comforting and it's an escape yes. and like I could read that over and over again. Yep. And so that was what I kept thinking okay. of, but I don't know if push came to shove that I would truly choose Harry Potter because yeah. it's, you know, I just have my Kindle and I'd right. be good. So <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. So we had, um, Abby from Twitter, liked the book a lot and she highly recommends reading her other book Dear Sugar which I had not heard of so I like oh. that recommendation oh, yeah. Abby okay Um she had a question though and I was wondering what you think about this okay. She um also like along with the abortion and some other things that she mentions at the beginning she admits to before she went on the trail having a real problem with heroin Oh yeah and uh Abby had mentioned like I just don't I don't know how it didn't seem to be an issue for her to quit.
0: Oh yeah, you're or right. Or she
1: just so what do you think? Like was it not an issue? Did she just not dwell on that? Like you had kind of said before. Right. Um, that that um, isn't really interesting, interesting.
0: Because um, you know, and if you remember when she started the trail, she mentioned um that she had a bruise on her ankle mm-hmm. from where she
1: just Shot up yeah. like just a few days ago. Yeah, because she had like met a trucker or some didn't wasn't she at that mm-hmm. hotel for a while? And no, then it, she wasn't found a, somebody it wasn't. Else? It wasn't. It
0: wasn't. Am random, I making this? It wasn't up? a random trucker.
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> Who she, was it that she, she had? Sh- she had gone back
0: to that. Guy, oh, to the Joe. okay. But was but, it
1: while she was waiting to get right on the trail?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was okay. like, yeah, maybe it was not a maybe she is, truck stop. Cause she kept thinking throughout the
1: book, like she was very used to just finding comfort in men. That's and right. so she kept mentioning she, like, she, I could do this with yes. this guy and I'd feel better. You're right. She did so mention that. Like, even, even, that even the
0: night before she started, she had mentioned okay. that like okay. wanting or like I could do this, yeah. but yeah. So that is a really interesting question. Um, it's hard because it seems like she would be honest about it. And so I'm not sure because when it seems like she was really addicted, um, then her
1: husband,
0: you know, got the call mm-hmm. from a gr- from one of her girlfriends that was like, look, she's in a bad place. You yeah. got to like
1: her. And he was an ex at that point. Right. Yeah, Dude. exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that was the initial like withdrawal or like when it Getting was really clean. tough. Yeah. That's a good um, point. But then, She's also kind of a badass. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> she was just, just like, Carolyn, I'm Caroline. done with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But that's a And really it good almost question. sounded
1: like too during that time she really emphasized the whole being lost and not really knowing what she wanted to do. Like she yeah. wasn't even a really a good junkie. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. kind of sucked at being a junkie right. even. So maybe she You're wasn't right. her whole heart wasn't like into wholly it. committed <laughs> to any of yeah. that. Not that it's a laughing matter, but right. you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So something that really surprised me about both these books too is actually how much there is to compare like yeah. they're very similar in some ways I know so they're both memoir which we didn't even necessarily didn't intend even think on. about yeah um just two books we wanted to talk about really mm-hmm. um so Wild is very literary reads more like a novel Delancey with the recipes like we talked about so which book overall did you prefer
0: Ugh. you know gosh that's so hard because I gave I gave Wilde a higher rating
1: mm-hmm. I would
0: recommend it I think to more people but I think maybe I prefer Delancey Mm -hmm. I think it kind of has a special place in my heart yeah yeah um just I think because I said I I feel like um just having followed Molly's blog through that time um having read a previous book of hers and then having eaten at Delancey and then I, I think that the having the recipes that those are things I'll go back to yeah. and just I love cooking so much. So, yeah, I think I think for me, I, I
1: think I would prefer Delancey. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think Delancey is definitely more my kind of a book. Because like yeah. Wild, I didn't even really want to read it first because uh-huh. I'm like, hold on, the whole story is about her hiking that trail. That's yeah. dumb. Don't hike that trail. <laughs> right. Like it's I would never really do hard. that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna suck real bad, and I wouldn't do that. So right. I don't know what you're whining about. Just mm-hmm. don't do that. Right. <laughs> um, so actually I actually was super surprised about that. So I feel like I have more in common with Delancey. Yeah. Um, but I think as an overall book, I definitely read Wild faster. Mm-hmm. It was more exciting. But yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's a, just a more exciting story. Yeah. But so, yeah, I, it would be really tough, but I feel like maybe as an overall book that more people would connect with probably wild, Mm -hmm. but I did thoroughly enjoy both of them. Yeah,
0: Okay. I can see that. Um, so I love, and I just love that this, I don't know, just kind of happened, or maybe this is kind of what all memoirs are about, but I love that they're both talking about doing things that felt impossible And they each accomplished what they did by just taking one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And in Cheryl's case, that was literally. Yeah. But for Brandon, for Molly, it was, okay, we need somewhere to put this restaurant. Mm -hmm. Now we have to figure out what real estate is all Mm -hmm. about and how do you even locate a restaurant. And, okay, now we have that. It turns out we need appliances. Mm -hmm. Now we need a sauce recipe. I mean, just one step at a time. So, um. I found, but I found both, um, just both stories so encouraging and inspiring. Yeah. You know, I mean, Cheryl's was kind of, um, this, um, I guess it felt kind of bigger and grander cause she, she was in such a low place when she began. Right. And I mean, right. her struggle was so physical and mm-hmm. demanding. Um, but then Molly and Brandon's felt, um, I guess just a really relatable
1: like personal side. Yeah. Of it. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, um, Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess I was just kind of wondering, you know, so they kind of have those experiences in their life to draw on, you know, going forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. We've done this difficult thing before. Do you feel like you have those experiences in your life to, to draw on or
1: what kind of gives you courage? Yeah. um, I, I think about moving out here from Wisconsin to Arizona and just kind of on my own. And I just, I vividly remember, and it's, it is something that I draw on Sitting at the airport, I left three weeks before Mr. Ladd did mm-hmm. and I had everything that I could pack up quickly in two suitcases and he was packing up the rest of the house and I felt lonely and I felt like, what are we doing? And yeah. I was, you know, going to meet my friends. We were staying with them right away and I just remember consciously telling myself like, it's okay, you can mm-hmm. do this because I was telling going yourself to lose that it. Like, it was hard to get on the plane. I was leaving my job, my family, my friends. And so I just um I do draw on that like exact moment quite a lot. Wow. That's really
0: neat. Um I have two experiences that came to mind. Um one is giving birth. (laughs) That was really hard. (laughs) That really sucked. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Um, and the other one is um finishing graduate school. My Mm -hmm. like my final semester kind of those the final couple months where I was having to finish my research, finish my thesis, finish my classes. Yeah. Um and I just I really felt in over my head. I um yeah, it was it was Exhausting it was just it was just all, all it was really yeah. it was really hard. So I think I do really draw on both of those experiences. Giving birth was the most physically demanding, intense thing I've ever been through. Mm-hmm. But um it is really something that I'll think back on and think Mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I, I'm proud of the way that I was able to go through Mm -hmm. it. You know, I kind of, actually one of my, kind of one of my fears going into, um, uh, giving birth was that I was kind of worried who I would become, (laughs) you know, I mean, I, um, I'm, I think a fairly mild, mannered. I don't cuss a lot. I don't (laughs) yell. And so I was just kind of worried that suddenly I would become this cursing, (laughs) yelling person. Yeah. That afterwards I would kind of be like, Ooh, sorry about that. Disregard (laughs) what I said. Exactly. Um, but I think I actually drew on those very things and they ended up giving me strength. So it kind of felt like I was faced with this really difficult thing and I do feel proud of how I made it through. Um, For in graduate school, I think that that's kind of something that I draw on like when I have um, just difficulties in terms of like all these projects at work or just Mm -hmm. all these things going on um, in life or just when I feel that the expectations are very high, I can Mm -hmm. look back and be like, okay, I got through that experience Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, if I was able to do that and... I came through. Okay. Then probably the effort that I can give on whatever it is I'm facing will be fine. Right. And it'll totally be okay.
1: And there's just not even as much at stake, right? Like that's how I always feel too. I kind of,
0: yeah, exactly. If you've done
1: something harder where it feels like there's more at stake, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, that was my Mm -hmm. actual life at stake or Dash's life. And in the case of, you know, and I Mm -hmm. did it. So like, I got this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so i just i really love that and it's just i mean it's just so inspiring to read about other people's struggles in their own you know unique and mm-hmm. personal way and see how other people handle it and their journey so mm-hmm. i don't know i think i'm just i'm just going to remember both of these stories and kind of draw on Be inspired yeah draw on both of those um let's see okay i think um that's about it for the, yeah, for the books? Okay, books. good. So on our podcast, as you know, we love to share what we're currently obsessed with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we decided we wanted to kind of pretend to be in Molly and Cheryl's um, shoes and share what we thought their current obsessions uh, would be based on what we know of them from the books. Yes, I love <laughs> this.
1: Okay, so what about Molly's obsession, okay. Erica? What so would she say? I feel like... Um, Molly was always obsessed with, she, she talked about being obsessed with the streaky glasses Oh yeah, at the bar mm-hmm. and how it just became this like every day, multiple day obsession that she uh-huh. had to do, you know, multiple times a day. So I think she would really like your microfiber uh, dishcloths oh, from Trader yeah. Joe's. Oh, I feel yeah. like she needs some of those. Okay. Molly, mm-hmm.
0: I think that you do have a Trader Joe's. So if you haven't picked up yes. the kitchen cloths.
1: <laughs> do so. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> What do you think she'd be obsessed with? Okay,
0: I was going to say, um, and maybe this is something that they already have, but I was going to say a bigger fridge, Yes, a bigger like brand new working fridge fridge i agree because she would talk about how they didn't have room in the fridge to store like all the salads that they prepped so they were you know balanced on shelves and Mm -hmm. here and there and just it sounds like a lot of things would be easier or or you know it would break right sounded like a lot of things would have been made smoother with a bigger fridge (laughs) i
1: agree i'm I'm, i support that one okay (laughs) so what about cheryl Okay. What would she be obsessed with? Oh
0: man. I feel like she was obsessed with a lot of things. Yes. Like there's a lot of things to choose. A hot shower, mm-hmm. a comfortable
1: bed. Um I felt obsessed with a lot of stuff like oh, yeah. reading it. As like, a result, okay, I can't stop thinking about I know. Snapple Lemonade. I know. <laughs>
0: and I was like, French fries do sound really good yeah. right now. <laughs> um But okay, what I'm gonna say are um a brand new very comfortable well-fitting pair of boots yes oh my gosh she made
1: a dire mistake oh. of having the wrong boots didn't to you start feel with.
0: um i, I was kind of rereading so this is fresher in my mind i felt so mad she talked about how you know she bought them at an rei an outdoor store had them fitted yeah the guy made her walk around and i just felt so mad like what are you why did they For put how put her much in much the she rom- probably paid for those I boots know, at REI. exactly <laughs> like she did everything right right you know she she should have and then oh her feet were just oh in such a bad place I mean her blisters her toenails were falling off oh gosh (laughs) and you just know I mean when I wear a pair of shoes to work that like is a little bit uncomfortable yeah and you're not even doing anything I'm sitting at my Uh desk I cannot wait to get home and take them off so oh man so anyway yeah that girl I know she got some halfway through but she deserves some (laughs) new boots
1: (laughs) I think that speaking of feet, this I couldn't stop thinking about this throughout the entire okay. book. I think she should be obsessed with Band-Aid Advanced Healing Blister Cushions.
0: Oh yeah, that's that <laughs> sounds this like is, she should.
1: <laughs> I went on the worst blister vacation I've ever had oh, in my life. No. We went to DC, and I had bought some new like Merrill Barefoot Tennis Shoe type things. Oh, okay. And did not so, break them in, and
0: so no, it's like a no socks, yeah, like situation. meant to be worn Ooh, with no socks because it
1: was summer, and I was like, okay, I want something supportive, but I don't right. want to wear right full on tourist yeah. tennis shoes with white yeah. socks. So, um, but yeah, I should have broken those in. Now they're super comfortable, <laughs> yeah. And I had the worst blisters because i also underestimated the amount of walking in dc oh, when you're like mm-hmm. looking at monuments and yeah i mean we had like fights in front of national <laughs> historical treasures because witnessed, i was like i witnessed can't by Abe Lincoln. go any further yeah just like dramatic scenes like i'm pretty like yelling at each other <laughs> because he was like well do you want to just get on a plane and go home what do you want to do there should be like little vendors with band-aids and stuff out <laughs> So what saved my life was, were these cushions and they're amazing. They stay on. If you're sweaty, they stay on, they have a medicated cushion. The shoe can rub against them socks. They don't go anywhere. Like they, I don't know. I mean, she was pretty hardcore. It, it may have helped prevent the initial blisters. Right, Right. Um, but it it they're pretty amazing so did you get those during your trip or this is only okay good. i stopped so at a walker because i was like I, was I don't saved. even know right. what's gonna happen right. if i don't get something <laughs> oh. and so yeah part of it they were Prevented from getting worse, gotcha. and now I will not travel without them. Oh, that's so because smart. you just never know what kind of walking situation yeah. you'll be in. Ooh, I think I even one. bought flip flops at one point at like the train station because I was right. it was a you whole big thing. To get yeah. out. Okay. so she needed them real bad. I couldn't. St- I just wanted to hand them through know, the book through to the her. Book.
0: Yes. that's a great one. <laughs> Send them in the you know in the packages that she yes. gets like along her way. Exactly
1: well I think that just about wraps it up yeah thank you so much for joining us for our first girls next door yes this podcast awesome. book club meeting um this certainly won't be our last no. we love books if you have a book recommendation for us send it our way yep. um and then we decide when we decide when our next book club will be you'll be the first to know yep you can always find all the show notes on our website girlnextdoorpodcast.com Send us an email at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com and say hi on Twitter. We're High Girls Next Door. Let us know what recipes you're trying from Delancey Ooh, yes. or if you're feeling called to hike the PCT. <laughs> Thanks so much for reading and for dropping in. Until next
0: time, be neighborly. you're listening to the girl
1: next door podcast book club take two the show where we like to talk about books two times
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> the same same two books did i have a dream about this
0: or it might just been that i was reading I your don't. tweets <laughs> it's probably just me writing all sorts of things let's go try the brownies oh yeah <laughs> stop this let's get our let's priorities